Hello, everyone. This is Erica Carbajal with Becker's Healthcare, and thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. David Stoffel. He's the Chief Business Officer at Rapid AI. Dr. Stoffel, thank you so much for taking the time to be on here today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Before we dive into the discussion, I just want to give you a few moments to share a bit more about your role and your background at Rapid AI. Sure. So my role at uh, Rapid is um, Chief Business Officer. So I'm responsible for the clinical uh, teams in the field, as well as uh, the research teams and education. Uh, also responsible for the corporate teams of uh, business development, corporate finance, licensing, uh, and then finance as well. Uh, a little bit about my background. So as you as you said, I'm a, I'm a physician by training. Uh, spent some time then in venture capital as well as investment banking. Spent some time also at Intuitive Surgical about 10 years where we really learned about market uh, disrupting, uh, market disruption and, and technologies opening up new marketplaces. And that's really sparked my interest in, in developing technologies and developing marketplaces. And so then I went over to iRhythm uh, which was an arrhythmia patch, also AI uh, aided in terms of the reading of the uh, uh, the ECG, and then did a startup and then uh, just joined uh, Rapid about nine months ago, uh, really just attracted to the AI opportunity and the and the disruptive and, and new market potential um, shown by this technology and company. Yeah, sounds like a really interesting background and something like you have like a deep understanding of both cl clinical teams in the field, as well as the research side. So I'm interested to get your, your perspective here on AI within the field. As we know, we're continuing to hear just more and more about different health systems and hospitals playing around with AI, as well as a lot of optimism, but then sometimes some hesitation as well. So let's start there, just in your view, based on your work and what you're seeing, what do you see as some of the most promising opportunities for this technology, as well as some of the limitations or challenges you're seeing hospitals and health systems face? Sure. So when we think about the challenges of AI, as well as the opportunities, and there's a lot of lessons that we've learned over our over 2,200 installs uh, here at Rapid. And I think the real challenges and opportunities boil down to four buckets. And these are things that hospitals should really be looking for in their AI partner as they're looking to build up their AI program. And the first part of those, the first bucket to want to look at is obviously the AI algorithms themselves. There was a really good article come, came out in, the, uh, in 2023 uh, on the utility of AI algorithms. And they looked at you know, over 59 algorithms that have been approved by the FDA uh, in, the, in recent years. And they shockingly determined that only 18% of them had had a clinical impact. So in other words, if you think about that, 82% of the algorithms cleared by the FDA did not change any type of clinical decision-making. They were kind of out there. And so the first thing you want to be looking for is, is the AI actually making an impact? And Rapid takes a different approach to their algorithms to ensure that they have an impact. Uh, because we don't just do triage, which is the vast majority of algorithms out there where they're just finding additional disease or flagging something. We do not only do triage, but we do localization. In other words, we tell you where the disease is. Quantification, we tell you how much disease there is. We also to give you visualization. Um, so you can visualize the anatomy as well as the pathology uh, that is there. We characterize it. We tell you we've got a, the, a bit about uh, what, uh, what's there. And we also track changes over time. 
And that's about a mouthful of things that the algorithms do. But we've found that if you look at algorithms, really uh, using that criteria and that approach ensures that you're going to be able to impact clinical decision making. And that's kind of the first bucket. The second bucket is how well integrated that AI is into your workflow. Because it's really important that not only you're getting information that you can use, but that it fits into your existing workflow so it takes friction out of your day or friction out of the system. And that comes in two ways. One is integration to PACS. Rapid uniquely pushes a lot of our results into the PACS system itself, so it's immediately available for the radiologist. We also do workless prioritization, so we flag pathology and events that are caught by the AI, so the uh, radiologist can uh, see those immediately. And that's in the radiology suite, but it's also workflow should extend out beyond the radiology suite into the floors of the hospitals themselves. And that's where we have workflow teams that actually will work with the hospital in terms of designing how the AI is incorporated, how people are communicating, and how, what decisions they need to make. This workflow team will help you sit there and design your workflows to optimize and be most efficient in using it. And that's the way you can take advantage of the AI, the advantages that the AI is giving you um, in, a, in, the, in an optimal way. And, and the third bucket is really the principle of collaboration technology. But what that means is enabling a physician to get access to this information anytime, anywhere, at any point. And so when you have an interventionalist, and that means freeing up an uh, interventionalist so that when they're at their kid's soccer game, they can look at their phone and get the images that they might not be able to get unless they've uh, logged into a workstation or had emailed to them or so on. And they should be able to look at their phone and get all the information necessary to make determines, uh, determinations or decisions for the, uh, uh, for the patient. And so that collaboration technology and really being mobile forward and mobile based uh, is a critical element to democratizing the information that might otherwise be locked up in radiology and you're socializing it throughout the hospital. So like I said, anyone can access the information at any time from anywhere in their lives. There's a fourth bucket as well. And this one isn't as well understood uh, by many vendors, but it's really clinical and informational validation. And what I mean by that is, are you giving the hospitals the information to be able to determine whether or not this AI is having an impact? So Rapid has something called Rapid Insights, which actually will give you a breakdown of the impact the decisions made, the information that's given, the success of those uh, of those scans, and we'll be able to provide you uh, that information for your program so that you can take it and determine the impact that Rapid has been having, as well as determine a way to optimize and make decisions uh, to get even better in the future. And so when you think about an AI program, it really is a combination of all four of those buckets and a partner that you're looking for in hospitals should really be able to address all four of those buckets to help enable you to optimize and create the best AI program possible. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Saffel. I know you mentioned AI, you know, the term in itself, it can be so broad. So overall, healthcare leaders do have high hopes when we hear from them about AI. We'll also hear that it can be pretty hard to discern what tools will be most helpful and yield the desired outcomes in a pretty crowded market of 1,500 plus vendors. So what are the most important criteria that you recommend leaders really look at when they're thinking about adopting this technology? For important criteria for uh, recommending, I kind of touched on this already, but when you think about those four buckets that I mentioned previously, the AI algorithm, the workflow optimization, 
the communication uh, platform, the information, the clinical validation and the information being available to optimize your program. The net result of that should be that when a patient shows up anywhere in your network, they're receiving the best possible care and that your system kind of acts as one uh, in, in determining the care of this patient. So what I mean by that, you're almost creating an equity of care uh, situation so that your hubs or your academic centers obviously probably have the highest degree of expertise. But through this AI and through this communication platform, you can socialize that expertise throughout the entire network for better transfer decisions, better treatment decisions. You can determine what patients need a higher level of care and they need to be transferred over to the hubs or they can stay in the, uh, uh, in the spokes and stay among their family and not be transferred unnecessarily. So when you have an AI platform, you can really use it to socialize uh, the expertise in your academic or your hub centers and make sure that no matter where a patient shows up in your hospital network, they're getting the best care possible. Three success stories really come to mind uh, that illustrate the impact that RAPID and AI can have on a program. The first one comes out of Medical University of South Carolina, uh, or MUSC, who's implemented RAPID um, in their, uh, their hub, but also used it as a way to connect many of their spokes uh, to that hub. And it was a great story where a patient actually showed up in one of the rural centers uh, that they had and was in the CT scanner and the neurosurgeon at MUSC received a notification that this patient had a hemorrhage that was in need of attention and in need of transfer. And the neurosurgeon actually called the emergency room at this uh, 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 spoke. And the amazing thing was, was that the uh, neurosurgeon actually knew about it before the ED doc was even notified that that patient had a hemorrhage. So it was literally within minutes of being scanned that this information was already socialized and the expert was not, uh, was uh, in the loop, and they were making treatment decisions even before the hospital itself, where the scan took place, knew that this patient needed additional attention. So I think that just shows you an example of the AI acting uh, in, in an optimal way for patient care, where it's not only notifying the, uh, the finding the disease, but it's connecting the experts into the uh, patient care pathways so that you can save time, you can save money, you can save efficiency, uh, when determining the patient, the best care for your patients. Uh, second one is a hospital in uh, Wichita, Kansas, which was setting up a PERP program, which is a PE interventional program. And they were using the RAI as a basis for finding those PEs. So they were having uh, some communication issues. There, there were some challenges in terms of them setting up the program and getting enough volume to justify this organization. But using our technology they started finding all the incremental uh, PEs that were happening in their hospital. And this PERP program saw a volume increase in the number of procedures they were doing from almost, almost a 4X increase in volume over a period of three to six months. And I think they're even continuing out, they're almost hitting a 5X increase in procedural volume. But that's just another example where AI enabled a hospital to deliver a program that they were interested in developing, but they might not have had the volume to justify it in the past. The AI really found the volume and was a fundamental building block for them creating this type of program and really delivering the better care for their patients in the form of these higher uh, intervention rates. Uh, third one uh, is really a, a story of uh, cerebral aneurysms, where RAPID has been implemented in a major system in uh, New York, and 
literature has suggested that um, cerebral aneurysms are missed probably 15 to 20 percent of the time. And they've really been able to corroborate that story and found almost an incremental aneurysm every other week uh, that they otherwise weren't being alerted for. And many of these were happening in the diagnosis of their spokes. The exciting thing is, though, is not just being able to find these incremental aneurysms, but using the rapid software to be able to track the growth of that aneurysm over time has enabled them to have more confidence to have patients who might not, who, uh, who are stable, they can scan them over longer periods of time, but also identify those patients who might be at higher risk of changes so they can find incremental procedures on the, the patients who are being scanned but also find uh, uh, also lower down and, and uh, put patients on a more frequent scanning uh, regimen as they're determined to be higher risk and really using this digital, uh, 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 this AI, this digital measurement um, to find these patients where the manual me uh, methods might not otherwise have found them. So they're using it to identify incremental patients, identify patients at risk, and also identify them for incremental procedures. Yeah, and thank you so much for sharing all of those data points throughout the the examples you shared as well. I know I know you mentioned fifteen to twenty percent of cerebral aneurysms being missed, and I think just the, these data points really showcase just how much opportunity there really is here to reach more patients and ultimately improve outcomes. And Dr. Stoffel, our next question here is just really future focus. So looking ahead at, at the next few years, what innovation or growth opportunities? are you most excited about when thinking about rapid AI's work? And can you give us a sense of anything else that might be on the horizon? Sure. I'd really look at the future in, in, in short-term and long-term. Short-term, Rapid has an unbelievably dense pipeline of new modules uh, that are coming out. One I'd like to highlight uh, called Neuro3D, which is visualization of the cerebral arteries down to the aortic arch. And what the, the, the current standard of care for this 3D visualization is that the CT is sent over to a 3D lab. And these labs work for typically nine to five and creating this 3D image of the vasculature so that physicians and interventionalists can choose, can see, you know, stenosis, choose the right type of catheters, go into the uh, interventional suite, having the right catheters open and knowing kind of the, the pathway that they want to take, whether it's going to be ephemeral uh, access or it's going to be a radial access, that you typically use these images uh, to determine all these things uh, in advance. But many times these images are not available. And that's because the 3D labs work nine to five and they don't work on weekends. So when these scans are sent out, many times they're not available for hours, if not days after the event, which is obviously too late when you're dealing with a stroke. Our 3D imaging uh, technology, uh, for the first time, can actually take these CTs and make this 3D visualization available in the hand of the physician within minutes. Fully automated, so there's no need to use the uh, 3D lab and go through the expense of an outside uh, lab. It's available immediately in the hand of the physician. So all of a sudden, you're getting this imaging that you might not otherwise have gotten in such a timely manner and able to make the best decisions for your patients in a short period of time. And when you think about, we're really excited about this visualization possibility because you can start thinking about it for TAVR, you can start thinking about it for AAA, you can even start thinking about it for orthopedics. And this is where AI really starts to open up new possibilities um, 
for not just changing the standard of care, but raising it up and giving these physicians information they otherwise might not be able to have. Long-term, we're incredibly excited about this vision of creating equity of care in healthcare. We firmly believe at Rapid that AI is a fundamental building block to wherever you go to receive your care, you should get the best care humanly possible. And that's through AI algorithms, enabling physicians to go faster or do things they might not otherwise have been uh, able to do, but also having the workflow and the efficiency so that decisions can be made uh, more quickly. The collaboration technology, enabling remote hospitals to be connected up to the hubs and the experts available there, but also validating it all with clinical data, publications, and information so that programs can continue to see the results and optimize over time. We firmly believe in that vision. That's one of the, the, the biggest promises that we see that AI can do for healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Stoffel. Before we wrap up, I just want to check in and see if there's anything else you think our listeners should know or anything else you wanted to share about Rapid AI? When you're looking at building an AI program, the clinical value needs to be there. You need to feel like the operational value is there. And when we say that, it needs to take friction out of the system. It shouldn't add work to your uh, providers. It should enable them to go more efficiently and also have a financial impact. That means preventing unnecessary transfers, lowering length of stay, finding incremental patients. And that's something that I think Rapid uniquely does better, delivers consistently. And that's why we have the largest install base of 2,200 hospitals uh, worldwide, involved with over 30 clinical trials. And uh, we published almost 11 times in the New England Journal of Medicine. And I think all of that is just validation to the approach that Rapid brings and the value that we bring to our hospital partners. Yeah, sounds like so much to be excited about. Lots of lots of different growth opportunities happening as well. And um, But that brings us to time here. So David, thank you so much for your time and sharing all of this today. We really appreciate it. No, thank you for the time and uh, thank you for the questions. Yeah, and on Becker's behalf, I just want to thank Rapid AI as well for sponsoring today's episode. And listeners, you can tune in to more podcasts from Becker's by visiting the podcast page on our website at beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you all. Thank you.